fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Dropping the Hammer Racing Hour podcast with a new look and a new logo, courtesy of my friend Jetman999. Absolutely great design. And uh, once this episode is up, you will get to see it. Um, as always, I'm Alex Gray, along here with Michael Klein himself. And apparently today, uh, September 30th, is International Podcast Day, apparently. So I guess what a great time to, to do an episode. <laughs> Yep, best way we can do it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, more news breaking out in the NASCAR world. We we come out of Las Vegas where Denny Hamlin got the win there, and we'll head next to Talladega. And that's all we have to talk about about that. <laughs> yeah, so we got Talladega coming up, and, of course, some of the news involving uh, the 2022 Xfinity and truck schedules and some exciting tracks and changes that we're seeing to both of those schedules. So I think we'll go ahead and go ahead and just knock out the schedules now and go ahead and take a look at them and see what the big changes are because I think uh, I think some of them have gotten a lot of fans really excited for, especially from the truck series. All right. Uh, you know, so obviously looking at the Xfinity schedule, it looks like there's really only one major change to that, and that is Mid-Ohio is mm-hmm. replaced with Portland. Uh which obviously I think that's great for the series because you're tapping into the Pacific Northwest, which they haven't done right. since the truck series to Evergreen. Uh, so being able to have a race out there should definitely uh, increase fan interest in that area. And obviously just having a new road course for the Xfinity series is going to be exciting to watch. I know Portland's been on the upswing over the past few years. Um, you know, I do remember the trucks and – Arco West Series used to go there, um, yep. and just a couple of years ago, they kind of brought it back to relevance after it had kind of been gone for a while, so seeing how far it's come now with now an Xfinity Series race there, it's it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, um, brand new track, as you said, you know, NASCAR hasn't ran there in, in quite a while, so as you mentioned, the Truck Series ran there in 99-2000. Uh, K&N Pro Series West ran there, uh, 2009-2012, well as uh, one time during the 80s. So, yeah, um, I think it's great yeah. that they have... And they're back, back there now. Market. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, IndyCar as well returned there in 2018-2019, and, of course, this year, of course, we all know why. They didn't have a race last year with all the, the craziness that happened there uh, with COVID, but... Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this because, again, new track, new market for NASCAR. I've always thought that was, like, the one market that I think NASCAR was missing, was tapping into the Portland, Seattle, Vancouver markets, you know. And now you got Portland right there. That's a big market. Heck, even Greg Biffle, um, former cup driver who also ran in the SRX this year, came out and said he'll have his gear ready for the Xfinity race there if anybody would give him a call. So I do hope uh, somebody will give Greg Biffle a ride for that. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Biffle would be all in for that. Oh, absolutely. As long as it's the number 69 car, he'll do it. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Didn't he drive that number in the SRX? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, he did. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, obviously, it's not all... Yeah, and it's, it's not all bad news for Mid-Ohio either, because when you look at the truck series, they ended up kicking Watkins Glen and Canadian Tire out, which, of course, understandable with Canadian Tire 
still pretty strict COVID restrictions in Canada, and you know, NASCAR has to move forward um, with everything. So they ended up replacing, I believe, Canadian Tire, or one of them anyway, with Mid-Ohio. So the Truck Series will now run at Mid-Ohio July 9th, and the Truck Series is going to Sonoma to be part of the Cup Weekend. So I don't recall if the Truck <clears throat> Series ever ran there, um, yeah, they did. There was a time. Back in the late time. 90s, they did. They did? Yeah. Okay. That's why I saw Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, go to YouTube and look up Ray Daniel's slip. Okay. I will look that up uh, after the show here. But I think um, some of the, the biggest exciting news to talk about. Yes, the and the one I'm absolutely the most excited for. So, drum roll. Me too. All right. All right. The truck, truck series, series is coming turn. <laughs> Sorry, you want to do it or me? You know, can I do it? Because this is kind of a home track for me. I mean, love racing yeah, here. By all means. By all means. Okay. Go for it. Truck Series back at Lucas Oil Raceway, or IRP for you diehard traditionalists. <laughs> yeah. Um, first time since 2011. That was the last time the trucks and Xfinity ran there. Um, and it will open the playoffs on Friday, July 29th, uh, sharing an evening with ARCA. Um, so I'm glad ARCA's coming back there, too. That was announced this morning. Um, we went to the 2020 race um, where uh, they didn't race there this year. But I'm really glad that the Truck Series is going back to really such a historic and prestigious track. You know, I think that track has finally been gaining traction again, especially the the <laughs> event there was so successful and and everything else with Thursday Night Thunder and all the events that it hosts there. You know, it's a great track. It's a great venue, lots of history, and I'm just super thrilled that the Truck Series is going to come back to Lucas Oil Raceway. I think that is a track definitely for the Truck Series. Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, the way we've been getting more involved in the racing there, with me having competed in a few races there, you know, obviously, this is awesome to see. And I think this is something we can definitely put on the schedule as we need to look at this for next season. Um, you know, I obviously can't leak anything right now, but, you know, it's definitely something that you at least got to look at as a driver, especially when, you know, you've kind of made that your new home track. Yeah, I've, ever since I've gone, I've been there a handful of times now, and I can say I have, I've fallen in love with the place. I love it. It's a great short track. And, again, it just makes me excited that the Truck Series is going to come back there, and I know it's going to be a packed place that night. It's going to open up the playoffs. And what a better way to to bring back the Truck Series to Lucas Oil than to have it as the opening race of the playoffs. I think it is perfect. Yeah, and that's not going to be the only racing there that weekend, from what I understand. I think I heard there's going to be an open-wheel night the night after. Uh, so for Saturday, basically, um, I think it's probably going to be Silver Crown, Sprint Cars, and the Midgets. Um, I can't confirm that, obviously. Uh, but that's from all the rumblings I've heard what's going to happen the night after that, too. So basically, it's going to be five races in one weekend there. Wow. Okay. That's a good deal. I like that. That's a good deal. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't mind them actually running the open wheel cars the night before and having, like, another Thursday Night Thunder type deal. Yeah. I would that wouldn't be a bad idea either. I agree. So yeah. Um other changes really they moved up Gateway to the Cup weekend in June. Um 
they are returning to Knoxville, despite how that race kind of got some mixed reactions um, just from what happened in that race. So I kind of also want to get your thoughts on that with Knoxville coming back. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to see uh, another dirt race on there, and hopefully now that we have a year of racing there and we kind of know what will work and what won't work, maybe we can go into this one here a little bit better prepared than we were for the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's kind of what NASCAR has to do every time they go to a new track. you got to learn from it, see what happens, uh, and then know what worked and what didn't work when you go back. Yeah, and that's exactly what has been the theme about all the new venues that we've seen this year with Nashville and, you know, the cup teams having those brake disc issues, bringing in a smaller brake disc. We've seen the rain issues at COTA, you know, the Bristol dirt mishaps with the rain and everything. You know, it's a learning curve for a lot of these tracks, and I agree with you completely. I think now that they've raced at Knoxville for a year, a lot of those guys are going to come back and say, okay, now we know, we have data, we know what we need to do here, you know. Now for Lucas Oil, it could be the same way for some of those guys. who would be like, oh, yeah, I remember racing here. That's going to be an interesting dynamic, too. Yeah, you know, we're going to have a bunch of guys in there who I'm sure have experience. Like, we've got guys like Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter, who just about won that race on 100 laps full of tires back in 04, I believe. Um, so it's not mm-hmm. going to be like it's a brand-new track who nobody has any experience on. Some of these guys it's just going to be going right. back in kind of a refresher. And, of course, you're also going to have a lot of guys there who are going there for the first time. Um, whether or not they didn't ever run it in ARCA or they, you know, only run the truck series the past few years, you know, it's going to have that mix of veteran knowledge and rookie experience. It's also going to be about an even split for this one, which is pretty unusual, I think, uh, when you go to a brand-new track for a series. So, you know, it's definitely going to be something very interesting to watch, and I would encourage every fan to tune in. I mean, I know it's not racing on the big track, so it's not going to get that sort of exposure and fanfare, but absolutely everybody who wants to watch some good racing, tune into this race or buy a ticket because you will not regret it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a, a nod to the early days of the truck series because a lot of the races back then were on a lot of those short intermediate tracks. You know, they went to tracks like I-70 Speedway, Louisville Motor Speedway. You know, I can name several more. You know, I think first season they opened up at Phoenix, you know, stuff like that. So kind of a good throwback to going to places like Knoxville, like, you know, doing the Bristol Dirt Race, doing Lucas Oil, you know, just an instance there. So, yeah, you know, definitely this, that was also one of the most exciting things I've heard, you know, when it comes to a new schedule being released here recently, you know, I was just getting in the shower, and then John yells to me from the other door, and he says, Xfinity and truck schedules have been released. And he says, Xfinity to Portland. And then he paused a little bit, and he says, Trucks to Lucas Oil. And at that point, you know, we were jumping up and down almost. Cause, man, we were excited to see that. <laughs> yeah, I... I woke up and I, you know, checked my phone. I'm off from work this week, so I'm just kind of taking it easy. I, I take my phone out, I check it, and I, I see Portland, uh, Lucas Oil. I went, wait, Lucas Oil? I was like, yes! I was like Daniel Bryant doing the, yes, 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 chance. That's literally what I almost did. I nearly jumped out of my bed. I was so happy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of people yeah, have to be thrown about IRP. Yeah, and hopefully this is kind of the start of, NASCAR starting to move 
its lower series back to some of these short tracks or seeing if they could even work for mm-hmm. a cup race. You know, obviously, I don't think you can say we can put Lucas Oil on the cup schedule right now, but I do know that mm-hmm. they have a grant to make upgrades to it, so they would definitely be mm-hmm. able to have that happen eventually, hopefully. Um, and they're just kind of doing this as kind of a test to see what will and won't work. Um, you know, and like I said, hopefully this opens the floodgates to add some of these other tracks, such as Memphis or Pikes Peak or Nashville, back to the schedule. Um, you know, those are yeah. all tracks I think a lot yeah. of people, especially those of us who grew up watching the Xfinity and Truck standalone events there, I think that's something that we would all really pine for. And if this track can sort of be the catalyst for getting that going, I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, 20 years ago, you know, NASCAR did the opposite. They were moving away from those smaller tracks to go to these bigger markets with the mile-and-a-half tracks and, you know, kind of the cookie-cutter track movement with Las Vegas, Kansas, Chicagoland, Kentucky, and all these other tracks that, you know, I come up off my head. But now you start to wonder, are we seeing a short-track movement in the 2020s decade? You know, Auto Club looks like it's going to turn into a short-track in 2023 we talk about irp coming back well now we talk about perhaps reviving north wilkesboro after all these years we talk about you know as you mentioned memphis pikes peak uh rockingham even you know all these short tracks that could be making big bounce backs which you know that's what a lot of fans seem to want and i think even drivers a lot of drivers probably want it too now what's funny is i'm actually doing like a an nr 2003 video i'm working on for my youtube channel and I'm doing – basically, there's that new series called Marvel's What If, so I'm trying to do, like, a NASCAR version of that. So I'm doing what if the Cup Series race at IRP, essentially, and what would happen, who'd win, that kind of stuff. Because I like messing around with that kind of stuff. I think it's fun. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted your thoughts on, you know, are we seeing perhaps a new short track movement uh, in the coming years? Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, it'd also be nice to see if they could have some of these short track series sort of run as, like, a preliminary event to these to help give the smaller guys more exposure, especially and which running before one of the NASCAR series would do a great job of doing that. That's what I like about, uh, you know, ARCA does that a lot, too. They race at tracks like Madison, like Elko, like Salem, like Toledo, you know, and all those other short tracks that they go to, you know. And I, you know, I enjoy short track racing. I've you know, been enjoying it a lot more since I've gone to more races with you at some of these places. You know, I, we've been to the, the little 500 earlier this year, and, you know, I can go back to the dirt scene, you know, going to places like Kokomo, like Lawrenceburg, like uh, Florence, like uh, Circle City, and all those other tracks, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people will agree with you on, is that short track racing is probably the most exciting form of racing there is. And so seeing NASCAR mm-hmm. finally start to kind of realize that and start moving toward that, it's definitely a step in the right direction, if you ask me, because it's not only what the fans want. I think it's also kind of what the drivers want, because, um, you know, NASCAR was built on short tracks. And so being able to kind of go back to our roots mm-hmm. and put on a good show for fans while having the guys race it out, because I mm-hmm. feel like the short tracks are kind of an equalizer, you know, um, obviously yeah. it's much slower track. So the smaller teams are going to be at less of a disadvantage at that. So it could definitely help these guys, too, and prove to be more competitive uh, in the long run. So it's definitely a good sign of things to come for NASCAR. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we are literally, as I've said 2,000 times before, you know, we're entering a new era of NASCAR. I mean, you know, here's another short track example that we talked about when we had Bobby Marcos on last time. The Clash is going to be in the freaking L.A. Coliseum. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> I think that's awesome, you know? I think it's a – I think it, plus it's in a big market, you know, and I'm really curious to see, you know, fitting all those cars on a quarter-mile short track inside of, of the L.A. Coliseum. So, you know, I, you got to try this stuff, you know. You never know, right? You just got to try it and see if it works or not. And I think that's what NASCAR is doing. I think they're going to continue to experiment with the schedule for the, for, for the foreseeable future going into the – later into this decade, you know, this is this is it for the NASCAR we grew up with. You know, this is a new NASCAR we're going into, and I'm really excited to see all the new teams, the new cars, the new tracks. I'm really curious to see what it's all going to look like. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people are looking forward to where NASCAR is going with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a matter of fact, before we move on, here's a little fun question that just came up the top of my head. Of course, this might be a biased answer for the two of us, but... If you were in charge of building a racetrack anywhere in this country, what would it be? Where would it be? And, uh, you know, what would be some, I guess, like, cool features about it? <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. So is it – can we only build one racetrack, or are we talking about just building one race facility? Because there is a difference. Uh, that is true. I guess you can do race facility if you want, if you want to make it a little more easy. Nice. So if I have that and I have unlimited funds, what I'm doing is, what I'm doing is I'm buying Kentucky, okay? I am buying Kentucky Speedway. <laughs> and what I'm doing is I'm keeping the big track, but I'm also turning it into a multi-use facility. You know, we'll have a dirt track, we'll have a road course, drag strip, we'll have something for everybody. Uh, yeah. You know, if I have unlimited funds. And, of course, what I'd probably do is uh, – Return turns one and two to its regular configuration. Um, yeah. You know, this may be a bad idea, but I'll try to use levigation uh, to artificially age the circuit. Uh, hopefully make the racing mm-hmm. there just a little bit better. Uh, obviously, we can't do it to the extent Charlotte did it, uh, which resulted in, like, 20 tire blowouts. Um Right. Hopefully Goodyear would have that figured out by now and have a harder compound for it. But, you know, that's definitely mm-hmm. something I would probably do. Yeah. Um, I would love that idea, you know. Obviously for the two yeah. of us. We're, oh, and we need a know, short – I actually, forgot. We need a short oval there too. Yeah. Because you know, honestly, we don't really have any short asphalt ovals up here. You know, the closest we could go is Kilcare and Dayton or – Lucas Oil Raceway in Indy. Yeah, I've noticed that. Like, there's a few dirt tracks, like a notable one being Florence, and there's a few others. But, yeah, you're right. There is really no massive short paved track in the state of Kentucky. But um, if uh, yeah, if I was put in charge of anything, um, as, I, as I just remembered something, this, this is me having Asperger's syndrome and remembering certain things. It was actually this day a year ago where they announced the 2021 schedule. And for you and me, our hearts were shattered because that was when we found yeah. out Kentucky and Chicagoland were wiped off the schedule. Um, you know, 
I know people don't like the place, but for Michael and I, you know, it's different. We, we've been to races there forever. As a matter of fact, uh, before I answer this question, I guess, um, there's the IndyCar Top 10 TV markets came out. Two cities that were in that Top 10, Louisville, Cincinnati. So Why is IndyCar not, not in Kentucky? To, yeah, I think, I think that's a good indicator. Why not? You know, why not bring IndyCar back to Kentucky? I would, I would get rid of that PJ one. By the way, I just, I don't think it really did. If I could, I would burn. I would grab all the PJ one and just burn it. Yeah, I just, I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, yeah, I, with Kentucky, I, I would certainly either, either make it a short track or like build a dirt track there as well, and then try to reconfigure it a little bit to make the racing better. Like you said, maybe go back to its original configuration or. You know, maybe try something a little funny, you know, like uh, an infield road course or, you know, even turning it into a short track, as I mentioned. But another idea I had, and I had this in the top of my head, I, I, I even, like, tried to draw it out. But uh, in Louisville, because there used to be a short track there, by the way, the truck series ran at, the fairground, the Kentucky Fair and Exposition, can't speak, the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center, used to have a spot where the old University of Louisville football stadium once sat. They finally demolished it after really it being barely used besides concerts of the Kentucky State Fair. They finally tore it down a couple years ago, and it's now a big parking lot. I thought, hey, if there's enough room, why not put a short track there? You know, nice 78,000-seat facility. Yeah, Uh, you know, something like – I kind of like the idea of what they want to do at Auto Club, that – that Martinsville feel, but with the Bristol banking, maybe something like that, or maybe lesser banking, to where you know maybe if there is lesser banking, then maybe I can you can host USAC pavement races or IndyCar, or whatever you know, give it give it maximum use, so that you know the city of Louisville can really get in on it and take advantage of it and go, yeah, we like that, but yeah, that's just a goofy idea I had because I'm weird that way. I just like I like coming up with weird ideas like that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's all about having fun. So yeah, there's all the track and schedule talk there. Um, news came out today, also silly season, as pretty much indicated, because JTG Daughtery Racing said they were going to go down to one car. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will return to that team next season in the 47. So Ryan Priest is without a ride at the moment, but I'm pretty sure there could be an opportunity to him. Maybe, you know, maybe he goes down to Xfinity. Maybe he tries the truck series. You know, he did win at Nashville for, for DGR. That's certainly a, a possibility. Yeah, you know, Ryan Priest is one of those guys who, honestly, I think he deserves a ride at the top level of Cup. But if we're being realistic, hmm. it, that door's not always open for someone like him. So if he could find yeah. a decent Xfinity or truck ride, I think that would be a great fit for him to show what he can do and hopefully get some of these cup owners to really look at him as like, okay, so maybe here is a guy who we could bring on and could win for us. Yeah, you know, obviously this year, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but we saw John Hunter Nemechek, you know, who ran a cup last year, say, you know what, I'm going to go drive for Kyle Busch and trucks. I'm going to try and win a championship. He's won several races, and, you know, he's on track to try and make the championship four. You know, obviously he could still get eliminated. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, again, he went down, won races, and perhaps maybe this could help him go to a Joe Gibbs Xfinity right next year because you know, now there's two rides open. One of them's going to Ty Gibbs for sure, you know, 
the 18 and 20 cars. Harrison Burton's moving up to Cup to replace uh, Matt Benedetto in the 21. And then, of course, you know, Daniel Hamrick's going to move over to college racing in the number 11. So still a lot left to uh, cover in terms of truck and Xfinity silly season. So it'll be interesting to see how that nets out. But, you know, again, if I'm talking about Jogis Racing, I think it's going to be Ty Gibbs in the 18, the 19 of Brandon Jones, 20s probably John Hunter, and then the 54 for Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, whoever. So, uh, yep. And I believe GMS Racing has an, an announcement regarding uh, a ride for a driver next season. They did tease the truck a little bit in a video. They're going to announce it on October 1st. Um, the truck looked yellow and black, and it indicated to me that I think it's going to be Grant Anfinger. He's going to get a full-time ride at GMS next year, which he rightfully deserves it. I think he kind of got the short end of the stick with Thor Sport, and I think that might have you know, left some a, ba- you know, a sour taste in his mouth, which I wouldn't blame him. So perhaps, uh, perhaps that might be what's happening. It could be completely somebody different. But we'll, we'll find that out yeah, tomorrow, I, yeah. October 1st. Yeah, I actually didn't even think about that looking at that video, but it would make sense. Uh, you know, Grant Anfinger used to drive for GMS. That's where he had all of his Arca success, and it's where he got his first Truck Series win. So it would be awesome to see that sort of reunion. You know, Anfinger is a hell of a driver. Honestly, he could have been the best yeah. out of that whole Thor bunch, if you ask me. Um, and seeing yeah. him kind of get shafted down to part-time, that really stunk, you know. I mean, I really hated it for Christian Eckes, too, but at the same time, you know, if we have Enfinger going full-time over to GMS, hopefully that opens the door for Christian Eckes to go full-time with Thorsport, or obviously he just won with this past weekend at Las Vegas. Um, so yep. being able to see them both be back full-time in the series would be incredible to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, Eckes winning at Vegas, I think, does him a lot of favors. I think, uh, yeah, Thorsport also. Fun fact about that truck race. Uh, the one, two, three, four finish from Thorsport is the first ever in Camping World Truck Series history. Yeah, and then the next day we go one, two, three for Junior Motorsports. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I almost thought, you know, is JGR going to go like one, two, three or something like that? JGR did win, but I think Chase Elliott got second in that race. Uh, Denny Hamlin went on to win the cup race there. But, uh, yeah, Chris Neck has won the truck race. Ben Rhodes, who now has the points lead, um, finishing in second. Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter. But, of course, you know, nobody's safe going into Talladega, and we know how trucks at Talladega can be sometimes. So that's going to be an interesting race. <laughs> really, if yeah. you're in the race, I mean, obviously Ben, I feel, like, I feel like Ben will be breathing pretty easily. Uh, you know, he's got a huge 34-point cushion, but even that's not going to be yeah. a guarantee, you know. Right. Because, you know, the big one could happen, lap one, lap two. And if Ben is right there in the mix, you know, when it happens, you know, that could screw everything up because you're not getting any stage points and you're not finishing the race. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, on the bright side for Ben Rhodes, he did win at Daytona, start the season off, and the road course there. Um, So he's won the other Super Speedway race, you know. Could he potentially go for that sweep? Um, It won't be easy, though. I think it's going to be a very competitive field, and it's going to be a very tough field, especially for the the truck series at Talladega. It's always uh, capable of putting on a show. So, you know, I think 
Yeah, Ben Rhodes will start on the pole for Saturday's race. Todd Gillen next to him. Then Crafton, Frieson, Hill, Hosevar, Nemechek, Smith, Creed, Chandler, Smith. That's how they will start the race. And there will be 40 trucks in this bad boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Can I bring up the... Yeah, can I bring up that Willie Allen is going to be racing the 25 truck also for the truck race? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't... It's been a while, I think. Let me see here. His last truck start was in 2014. So it's been seven years since he's been... My last memory of him was him wrecking at Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Good point. You get a really good point on that. So should be a fun race as we look forward to that. Um, let me check here. Xfinity, also at Talladega. Um, as you t- told me before uh, the uh, we started this podcast, that Josh Berry will be back in the one as he won at Las Vegas, his second career Xfinity win. Um, you know, we got to talk about that situation. You know, Michael Annette's had that leg injury. It sidelined him a lot. You know, does he race at all for the rest of the season? Does he retire? Does he come back? You know, what does funding look like? For Josh Berry, does Pilot want to stick along? If Annette were to leave, there's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Josh Berry's obviously getting the most out of that one car, but we know he's going to be full-time in the eight for next season. Um, mm-hmm. From what I understand, uh, Junior Motorsports is prepared to field a fifth car for Michael Annette if he and Pilot choose to come back. You know, So whether or not he comes yeah. back is going to be completely up to Michael, so we'll just have to see what happens with that as uh, we get closer yeah. to it. Yeah, so it'll be, we'll have to keep an eye out for that to see what Annette decides to do. I think at this point, I wouldn't be too surprised if he decides, you know what, I'm not in the playoffs. I'm going to sit out the rest of the season. I'm going to heal my leg up, and then I'm going to be back and ready to go in February in Daytona. Um, you know, may not be a bad idea for him to do that just so he doesn't come back and try to re-aggravate his injury again. You know, just you want to make sure, yeah, you know, because you know, a leg injury, you're in that stock car, you want to make sure you're fully healed before getting back in there. Right, you know, and so. obviously it's already been re-aggravated a few times now, so um, right. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, it would probably be the best for them if Michael Annette just decided to sit out the remainder of the year uh, and let that leg yeah. heal up as much as he can before he hops back behind the wheel. Yeah, so we'll see how that nets out. But for now, you know, Josh Berry is going to get more seat time to prepare for a championship run next year with Junior Motorsports. Uh, and I know for sure he's going to be out there winning races. He's going to do a great job. He's done a fantastic job. He's pretty much been like the feel-good story of this season, or at least one of them. Um, from his background, running all those late miles, and then finally getting this big break, winning at Martinsville, you know, this is a year that I think Josh Berry's never going to forget, not to mention he got a couple cup starts also under his belt now because of certain circumstances, so there you go. Yeah, you know, he's gotten to drive a couple times for Spire, you know, once due to mm-hmm. Justin Haley's wreck and then due to Corey LaJoy's COVID protocol. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of Spire, want to note that Justin Allgaier is going to run the cup race at Talladega in the number 77. Again, good to see him back. Uh, of course, I I believe, didn't Allgaier hop into uh, somebody's cup car earlier this year? I could have sworn. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. I think I – yeah, I forgot. Justin Haley missed yeah. the cup race due to uh, COVID protocol. And that was – And Allgaier's the one who replaced him when he got hurt. That's right. That, yeah, that's right. 
That's right. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure, you know, because, again, Allgaier also last year made that one start uh, in place of Jimmy Johnson when he was out for COVID for Indy. So um, it's good to see Allgaier get another shot at a cup ride, and hopefully uh, hopefully he can do a good job and give Spire a good run. Who knows? Maybe he'll give Spire their second win uh, after uh, Justin Haley got them there first a couple years ago. It's possible. I mean, anything's uh, possible at Dega. Exactly. I mean, you look at, Oh, gosh, what was I about to bring up? Oh, talking about the Xfinity Series and Silly Season, another driver to be worried about is Jeff Burton because, you know, their sponsor just announced that they're not going to be back next year. So now, you know, Jeff Burton's future is kind of up in arms, which is a shame because this year has pretty much felt like a comeback year for him too. You know, he won at Talladega, getting that win uh, when the race was called for rain. And now, you know, suddenly his future looks uncertain. And I know in these last few races, he's going to give it his all. So, you know, we have to monitor that situation. See, is Jeb going to come back to colleague? Are they going to get this funding? Or is, you know, they're going to have to part ways. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, from my understand, colleagues working to find some funding from through his other sponsors. Uh, but, you know, of course, that's just mm-hmm. going to come down to what sponsors want, which – Honestly, if I wanted sponsors, I would definitely want Jeb in my car. Um, he is a solid wheel man. He's a guy who's had to work for everything he's gotten in this sport. I can't think of another driver mm-hmm. who deserves that car more than Jeb. Um, so hopefully he's able to get that worked out and return to college next year or even go to another good ride somewhere if that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Jeb Burton has deserved to be in that car. He's done a great job. Um, putting some really good results in. He's gotten a win. Um, you know, like you said, I think he is very deserving of that ride. So hopefully some good things can come out of that, and he'll be back in that number 10 card next year. Yep, that's what we got to hope for. And, you know, and obviously also just announced is that Daniel Hemrick will be in the 11 car. So solid driver with another solid team. Uh, let's see if maybe he can finally get that elusive first win for them. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I feel like Hemrick has ran into some of the worst luck possible, you know, because he's got a great car. He's had so many chances to win, and something has gone wrong every single time, you know. Atlanta, he had the lead, wrecked from the lead and everything else. And, you know, whether it's a pit mistake or a pit penalty or just gets passed, it's just like, ah. And I feel bad for him because Hemrick has done a great job at where he's been this year, and I know he'll do a fine job at – um, colleague next year. So the big question then is, you know, when is that win coming? Is it going to be this Saturday? You know, is it going to be next year? But again, Hemrick is, he's going to fight for it. You know, he's, he races hard, does a great job. And I know he wants to get that win. And, um, I still think he'll get it. Yeah, he's going to get it. You know, he's, he's a wheel man. You know, he just has the absolute worst luck. I can think of. I agree. Of course, Hemrick's still in the playoff hunt, too. So, you know, he could punch his ticket into the next round with a win this weekend. Uh, some other things I'm seeing from some drivers on Twitter. Andy Lally, who some of you may not know, is the 2011 Cup Rookie of the Year. He's tweeted out, uh, trying to run all the road courses. He's working on his 2022 calendar. There are a lot of pieces that have fallen into place. He says, I'm figuring out if I'll be an IMSA seeing if Fox Sports will let me call more NASCAR truck races and how many of last year's sponsors can come back for 22. 
So that's from Andy Lally. And uh, Adam Stern also tweeted about Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy said he's had some NASCAR teams reach out about uh, possible interest in driving, whether in a one-off or full-time, uh, but he doesn't want to do full-time, and even a one-off is unclear because his 2022 schedule is going to be full of IndyCar and IMSA. Of course, we forgot to talk about that. The IndyCar season just wrapped up. Jimmy Johnson wrapping up his rookie season in the IndyCar series. Um, Alex Pillow is the champion. Colton Herta went on to win at Long Beach. So big congratulations to Chip Ganassi Racing and Alex Pillow. Uh, definitely definitely well-deserved. Oh, yeah, you know. I don't know if anybody really had Alex Pillow as their championship favorite coming into the season. But, man, about halfway through, mm-hmm. he sure changed everyone's minds. I mean, well, I've never seen somebody have such great improvement going from one team to another uh, in the span of a single year. Um, you know, this has been a big breakout season for him. And I feel like I've noticed in IndyCar, you know, we always have those, those big drivers like Castro Nevis, like Paginal, like Newgard, like Power. But now we're starting to see a little bit of a youth movement. You know, we're seeing Polo breakout. We're seeing Pato Award breakout on this team. Renus VK picked up a win. Marcus Erickson with his wins. Uh, Colton Hurd is finally starting to come into his own. We're starting to see the future of IndyCar take shape with some of these drivers. Yeah, and, you know, we've also got to look back at what a heartbreaking day for McLaren it was. You have Lando Norris lead the entire Russian Grand Prix only for Rain to screw up the strategy and uh, take him out of the running for that. And then Pato Award in the middle of a championship hunt, getting wrecked on the first lap, which ended up costing yeah. them the race. Yeah, that's that's got to be an extremely rough day for McLaren. You make a you make a really good point there. Uh, I forgot to bring up the F1 race as well. Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton, picking up his 100th career Formula One victory. What a milestone! Um, that I don't, I, anyway, no one's really ever reached an IndyCar or Formula One. I can't believe it just sitting Formula One. Um, <laughs> But what a milestone. All right. Is there anything you want to talk about? Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh looks like my uh, connection glitched just a tad bit there. Yeah, sorry about that. What, what was that? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I might have just had a little glitch and a uh, little technical difficulty there, so I apologize. Okay. It sounded like the no, chair broke almost. Oh, really? Uh, my chair is just loud. That's all. It's a little squeaky. No. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it sounded like it broke. Like, it sounded like it broke and you came tumbling down. That's what that sounded like. Oh. Oh, my God. No, my chair's still intact. I don't know. I don't know what sound I would have made that caused that. Okay. Well, I was about, I was about to say, you know, my chair can be a little squeaky sometimes. I know at some point I'll need an upgrade if I'm doing eye racing, but, I mean, you know which I am running in the Elite OT Firearms Truck Series in iRacing. I still suck, but I'm working on it. Um, so I just ran a Texas this past weekend. I finished 26th, I think. I could have finished higher, but I did something so stupid at the very end. I, I had to take a green flag pit stop because it was a surprisingly clean race. There was like one caution early on. It was clean the rest of the way. I was like, okay, well, I got a bet. You know, my, my teammate was trying to stretch it a little bit, so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not really good with running with really worn tires. I'm just going to go ahead and pit. I go and pit. I'm checking my speed. Miss my pit stall. <laughs> and then and I'm like, ah. So I have to go all the way back around, 
and try again, and I got laughed, and like, Alex, you idiot. <laughs> but um, I'll learn from my mistakes. I'm still relatively new to it, and I need to do more of it. But, you know, I uh, tried some dirt late models yesterday and running a little bit of Carb Cup, which, you know, that's just a fun league. But, yeah, iRacing, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I definitely like to find another league to run here. Uh, you know, the one I can think of that I've ever really run is the Sarg series uh, with Robbie Lyons. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see when that gets back back up. Um, you know, it was a fun series. Yeah, I'd love to do it again. Yeah, that's right. You invited me to that one. I'd love to, I'd love to participate in that uh, if it makes a comeback. Yeah, you know, when we get the Super Sudway series started again, that's Wednesday nights. So hopefully you're good for that. I should be. Yeah. Oh, just a preview right now for Lixall Raceway. I'm just saying this right now. If he's entered, Cody Swanson's winning. Oh, yeah. That is that is like his best track. <laughs> Every time I go there, he's yeah. always winning. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's actually running Salem this weekend. He didn't see that. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, he's he's racing for GMS. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure the truck race at IRP, somebody's going to give Cody Swanson a call. Somebody's going to give him a call, and he'll be in that race. <laughs> DMF needs to put him in a truck for that. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, no, sure I'm not saying go run for any team. He needs a top-tier team because he will yes. win in a top-tier yeah. car there. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, he's never raced an IndyCar before. He went out there, ran a USF 2000 car, won his first attempt. My God. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. You know, Swanson is such dude an is an absolute. Driver. Yeah, the dude is an absolute pavement beast. He is. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He is a pavement beast. Um, so, yeah, Arca is running at Salem. After, I know you're going as of right now. I'm going to go as long as my money permits. Um, Speaking of ARCA, I'm pretty sure you've heard the news. Um, former ARCA team owner Briggs Cunningham um, unfortunately passed away yesterday. Yeah, and obviously our thoughts and prayers are with his family. Uh, you know, it's definitely mm-hmm. a tragic loss for all of motorsports, you know. He has a very rich history in all of motorsports, so definitely a truly tragic mm-hmm. loss for the whole motorsports communities. And, of course, we do just want to send our thoughts and prayers to his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to uh, Cunningham's family at this time. Um, I think that about does it for this episode, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring up. Uh, no, that's everything I've got. All righty. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Dropping Hammer Racing Hour with our new logo now made by Jetman999. And with that, thank you guys so much for watching. From Michael Klein and myself, Alex Gray, we will see you next time. <laughs>